I'd like you to turn your book, Bibles, to Exodus 16 and 5, please. Exodus 16 and 5. Give you a chance to get that there. Then we'll go to Matthew 11 and 12. Then we'll go to Acts 14 and 22. Praise God. I enjoyed the Sunday school lesson very much this morning. Jacob had 20 years' experience before he ever went to Penel, having to hold on to God and the promises of God. 20 years' experience, and he got a dream from God what to do. I want you to know that God's still alive. Amen? I was up here praying. I thought I'd go back to my office and pray for a while, and I was praying, and I felt a hand, I thought, on my left arm, got a hold of my left arm, and I guess I missed the Lord. I got up to see what was going on. Wasn't nobody in there. So I come down in the auditorium. Brother Michael was praying in the auditorium. I said, did you come back there and get a hold of my arm? He said, no, it didn't. wasn't me. But I want you to know I'm going to share a message with you this morning. God's alive just as he ever was. He has a miracle for your life in your wilderness. We're going to title this this morning, Your Miracle is in Your Wilderness. And your wilderness is right where you are today. Today. There's a wonderful thing that's going to happen in your life today. One thing we must learn to do, we got to get a hold of it. Get a hold of it. I hope the lesson, the Sunday school lesson this morning, that teaches us we got to get a hold of it. And I hope as we preach this message this morning, you got to get a hold of it. It's not going to just drift and float. It's got to be taken by force. You got to take it by force. Okay. Exodus 16 and 5. It shall come to pass that on the sixth day they shall prepare that which have bring unto them, other word, it shall be twice as much they gather daily. Now, I want you to say that I am going to get twice as much on the sixth day than any other day. Now, some of you didn't say that because we're not quite sure what the Word of God says. I want you to know that everything in this world is going to pass away. Crime is on the increase 30% worse than it has in 20 years or more in America. And it's getting worse nearly every day. They claim if we don't get this foreign thing under control, we'll have the most catastrophic war that this world has ever seen, and probably very few will survive it. Don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God. He's overcome all of that. Don't be worried about all of that because your miracle is in your wilderness. Hallelujah. Peggy and I need a miracle. How many in here need a miracle? I say we need something miraculous to take place in our lives, and it's all around us and what God wants us to have. Matthew 11 and 12, okay? Give you a chance to get there. I guess they're putting it up there if you want to read it up there. And the days of John the Baptist until now the kingdom of heaven suffered what? And who's going to get the kingdom of heaven? Matthew 5 said the meek shall inherit the earth. We don't want to inherit the earth. I don't know about you, but I don't want to inherit this earth. I want to inherit the kingdom of God. And Jesus said the only way you're going to get it, you're going to have to take it by violence. We got a wicked, ungodly enemy. His name is the devil. And what he wants to destroy, your life. 
I enjoyed talking very much to Brother Don this morning about his eye. You know, he's been having some terrible eye problems. I'm amazed what doctors have learning. And a young man looked like, probably should have still been in high school, told him what had to happen. God is wants to tell us this morning what's to have to happen in our lives to get the best that God has for us. I know we've been praying fasting, but I, I want to get something from God. I want to see something happen daily on the kingdom of God basis. All right, you're going to have to take it how? You're going to have to get violent. That don't mean to get ugly. That means you've got to get violent in your spirit, concerned that you're going to get a hold of God, and you're not going to let it go until he does what he has promised you to do. Amen. All right, let's read the next one there, if you would, please. This is Acts 15 and 22. They'll get it up there in just a minute. Confirming the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue what? In faith that we must through much what? To get what? The only way we get the kingdom of God, or the kingdom of heaven, is through much tribulation. You might say, well, I've been going through some, well, then you're ready to get one. You ready to get one? Now, he said, on the sixth day, in the wilderness of sin, I'm going to pour you out twice as much on that day. Now, this is before there was a calendar, especially before there was a seven-day calendar, when God was speaking here, some wonderful, glorious things he's speaking to us. Genesis 1.31 said, And God saw everything that he had made, and he said, It's very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. And on the seventh day, he what? He rested from his work. The world's going to stand for 6,000 years. We're at the end of the 6,000 years. The Lord could come any time. It might shock us if we knew when he was coming. Some say, well, I don't believe this. It doesn't, believe, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you believe, what you think. He's coming. He's coming in an hour that we think not. He's coming in an hour that people are not prepared for him. But then on the seventh day, God rested, meaning the millennials, a thousand years of rest. But until then, there's going to be a tremendous blessing poured out upon us. Psalm 78, 19, since God, even in the wilderness, did a thing that they deemed impossible. How many believe that God can do something this morning that we think is impossible in our wilderness? Peggy and I need a miracle, is that right? How many of y'all need a miracle? You're in a wilderness, but you're going to get a miracle today, amen? If you believe you're going to get something miraculous from God today, you'll get it today. Because in your wilderness, now you're going, the only way you're going to get out of this wilderness of life is when you die and go up yonder. That's the only way you're going to get out of the wilderness. You're never going to get out of the wilderness. But you need not your heart be troubled because Jesus says, I've overcome the wilderness. I've overcome it all. If you believed in God, believe also in me. Because he's going to bless you today when we believe God. Now, Exodus 16 and 5 said on the sixth day he's going to do what? What's he going to do on the sixth day? Going to give you twice as much. Does not the Bible said in the latter days, the latter rain going to be greater than former rain? 
Then Jesus said, when I pour out my spirit on you, you'll be able and capable to do what? Come on. Greater works. God wants to do greater works through us today. And the wonderful things of God and what he has planned for our life. Exodus 16 and 4 said, God was raining bread from heaven on them twice as much on what day? This is the day of the Lord. We ought to rejoice and be glad in. This is our hour. This is our moment. Caleb stood across the Jordan, Brother Melvin. He said, I'm 85 years old, but I'm still able to go in the land and take the giants. How many feel like regardless what your age is, you're still able to conquer what God has set before you? He gave them the land. He promised them the land. He said, the land is already yours, but you've got to go in there and contact with the devil or the enemy and get your miracle. Amen? Come on. You're not going to get it until you get in a spiritual warfare with him. And hold on regardless of what's going on. Like Ken talking a lesson this morning. Jacob held on. He, 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 he looked, forgot the pain. He got, forgot the suffering. He had only one thing on his mind. I've got to get what I come for. How many believe you got to, when you come to the kingdom of God in your closet and home and get out and pray, you've got to hold on until you get what you come for. I remember many, many years ago, Peggy, you might remember how long it was ago, she woke up one night and got up on the side of the bed and went to weeping and crying in the floor and said, get up and help me pray. I said, the Lord has told me about build a church down around Mac Allen. Well, I got up. But I didn't do much praying. I just started mumbling around, you know. But all of a sudden, the presence of God come in that room. We both got to pray, and it wasn't long. There had never been a church in Mac Allen, a spirit-filled church. A man went down there and built a spirit-filled church. That's what God will do when he moves on you. If you'd get up and get a hold of the horns of God and believe God's going to answer your prayers, you hold on till it comes. It's coming. It's coming today. He said, today I'm going to pour you out. How much? Twice as much on the sixth day. On the sixth day. We're in the sixth day of the Lord. He said, God would give them to eat the corn from heaven. Psalm 68 and 20. Then also he poured it out every day. And Psalm 78 and 25 said he gave them angel food. And he's also that this angel food and this corn from heaven was and is Jesus Christ. Everybody ought to shout Jesus Christ. He needs to get all the glory and the honor wrong for them. He was with them in the wilderness and they didn't know it. He was the corn. He was the angel food falling on them every day in the wilderness. And on the sixth day, he gave them twice as much. We're in the time. I don't know when the Lord's going to come. And I don't really care. I don't worry about it. I don't worry about this world condition. But I know who's driving the system. Amen. Khrushchev, not Khrushchev, but Putin is not driving the system. Neither is North Korea. Neither is all this war crime in our streets and our home is not driving the system. But Jesus Christ of Nazareth is the only one that's in charge of things. When I put our faith and our confidence and trust in him, he is one that's in control of our lives. Well, I wish he'd hurry up and do something. He's doing it in his time, in the appointed time. I don't know. I, I feel like something good's going to happen. I feel like something good's going to happen to the good things of God.
Romans 8 and 29 speaks about being the firstborn of many brethren. Jesus was the firstborn from the dead. No other person on this earth, you can name it, ever got up from the dead. You say, Lazarus did, but Lazarus went back. You say, the little boy named did, he, but he went back. But Jesus got up and he ain't went back. What did the sign say on the church board this morning you said? We ought to shout hallelujah. We ought to get rid of the normal and move into the extra-normal. We ought to move out of what we used to be in and move into something extra-normal because Jesus is about to come back to this earth. Some people say, well, I want to go, but I don't want to go today. I wouldn't mind if he come today. You say, well, there'll still be a lot of people lost. People are going to be a lot of people lost when he comes. But the main thing is have your ticket ready. Some of us have been in the church a long time. We've always heard of what? The mark of the what? Going to be in your forehead were? In your hand. Did you know already that they've got it in some companies when you walk up to that door and it, that thing scans your face, it automatically opens the door for you. Where's the mark of the beast going to be? Come on. In your forehead. It's not no 6-6 number up there. And some companies already got it where when you walk up there and you blink your eye, raise your eye, and it automatically opens the door. We in the age and the time when Jesus could come at any moment, at any time, because it's been fulfilled right before our very eyes, and we need to shout hallelujah to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm excited about going home. Oh, won't we have a wonderful time when we get over there? We ought to be having a wonderful time over here. I tell you, you ought to have a shout in your glory to God. You ought to be shouting and thanking God that you've been redeemed from the powers of the darkness of this hell. And God has put you in favor of him and the blessings of God. Hallelujah. There's a miracle in your wilderness. you in this world, you got problems. You're not going to get away from these problems. God created the earth in how many days? Six days. And then it said, I'm going to pour you out a double blessing. Twice as much. You know why Elisha got twice as much? He was the firstborn of Elijah, of the Spirit. We are the firstborn of Jesus Christ, of the Spirit, and we are to get twice as much. Amen? I don't believe he meant money. I don't believe he meant cars. I don't believe he meant houses. I mean, believe he meant the spirit of the living God would be in you so strong, it'd come out of you like rivers. Sister Sue told me one time, I forgot what state they was in, where these two major rivers in the United States come together, and what a mass thing it was. The Bible didn't say a river. Sulphur Rivers is about dried up here on kind of dam, but I want you to know there's rivers to come out of our lives, unlimited power, because we're in the day that Christ could come any time. I don't know about nobody else, but I, I, I'm planning on being ready. A lady told me one time, said, I woke up in the night one night a few years ago. I said, I thought the Lord had come. I thought the Lord had come. I said, I was scared to go check on my two boys. Afraid the Lord had come and took them. And left me. She was afraid to go look, but so she sent her husband to look. 
I tell you, it's going to happen just like that one of these days. In the twinkling of an eye, he's going to come. Peggy was late coming home many years ago. When she got home, I said, was you worried about me? She said, you thought the Lord doesn't come got me, didn't you? I said, no, I didn't think no such thing because I knew I was still here. Huh? Praise God. Hallelujah. I heard him say something similar to that, that um, Gene met us at his mother's funeral. One of the children said, go call Mama, see if she's at home. If she is, we know the Lord hadn't come. I'm telling you, church, there's a expectation of the coming of the Lord. And God wants to give you a double portion, a double portion, a double portion today of the kingdom of God. God promises us double portion. God created double portion for us to have and enjoy. God is pouring out double twice as much, twice as much. But you got to get up and go what? Get it. It's not going to come to you. Ken said this morning, the person told him, said, well, I'm staying at home and praying that God's going to send me a husband. Well, I don't know whether they're going to get one or not, you know. Don't know, know about that. But you got to get violence. We're in a spiritual warfare. The Apostle Paul said, I have fought the good of fight. I've kept the faith. We are in a warfare of spiritual warfare. The only way we get the kingdom of God in heaven is through violent prayer, ministering, calling to God, and through much tribulation, that's the only way we're going to get it, to the wonderful things of God coming to us. Genesis 3.19 said, In the sweat of your face you shall earn what? Your bread. Bread there means Jesus Christ. Some of you people in here are still working. God bless you. I hope you work a long time so the economy will keep growing. So how are you going to, some of you help me out right now. When you go to work in a minute, what are you going to do? Brother Jonathan, you got a business. Do you ever have to sweat a little bit? Look at him shaking his head. Sometimes you have to sweat a little bit more, right? Sometimes you have a towel, you wipe that sweat off your face, wonder what's going to happen. It's the same way in the spiritual kingdom of God. You cannot have a crop. I was raised on a farm. You cannot have a crop this time of the year until you start putting a plow in the ground. You got to start turning the ground. You got to start getting it ready for the seed. It's the same way spiritually. You cannot have a spiritual life with God until you put a plow in the ground. And some people say, well, I'm waiting on my ship to come in. Your ship will never come in until you send one out. You got to send something out before something comes in. You got to put some seed in the ground before there's a harvest. The farmer and James never gets excited about sowing the seed. He never gets excited about sowing the seed because it's hard work. It's a lot of work to get the seed in the ground. It's a lot of work to get the seed grown up. He's not excited about that. He's excited about the harvest that's going to come. How I many excited about the harvest that's going to come to your house, your life, after you've done sowed some seed? Amen. You've got to have some confidence you sowed the seed. Amen. Jacob had 20 years' experience before he went back to Penel. Laman said, I'll let you marry my first, I'll let you marry, what's her name? Rachel. His heart went, pity pat, pity pat. Ooh, I'm going to get that beautiful woman just for working. He worked seven years and he wouldn't give. 
He said, you're going to have to work another seven years. He worked another seven years, and he said it was just like a day because he was so much in love. When we get love, in love with Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God and what he's got planned for our life, it's not labor anymore. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory because you're working for a crown that's not going to perish. It's the harvest when you get the seed in the ground. You've got to protect it. My brother was telling me the other day, he said, do you remember when we had cotton? I said, I sure do. He said, do you remember when we had to go down row by row and pick off the bull weevils? I said, no. I don't remember that. He said, we sure did. He said, why didn't you spray them? There wasn't no spray back then. I remember picking off bu uh, potato bugs off the potatoes so it would just go down row for row until you get them all picked off. It's the same way spiritually. Once you get your spiritual seed sown, the devil is automatically going to come in and start attacking what God has. He doesn't like what God is going to do. He's going to hinder it every way he can. Every way he can, he's going to hinder it. Thank God we're going to get a double portion. Going to get more than I ever got before. Where is your miracle? Hello? In your wilderness. That's where it's going to come from while you're in your wilderness. Exodus 16 and 4 said, The supply came continuously every day. And on the sixth day, what happened? It doubled up. It doubled up. Praise God. As long as they was in the wilderness, it kept doubling up on the sixth day. We are in the sixth day. Hallelujah. The kingdom of heaven shall suffer what? And the violence got to what? Take it by force. Got to take it by force. I don't know where y'all noticed it or not, but this we're building this new service station down here on 2791 and 59. Have you ever been by there at night? I'm, I'm talking about night when it's real dark. Anybody ever been by there at night? What do you see, Brother Ken? You see huge lights out there. And they're working nights. You know why they're working nights? Huh? Somebody saying it? They got a deadline. A lot of them contractors on road contractors, they say you got to build this road in X number of days. If you don't, there's going to be a penalty put on you, a big penalty according to the contract. they under contract down there to get that done in so many days. If they don't get it done, then there's going to be a penalty put on them. So they're working. Listen, we need to work day and night in dreams and visions and trances for the kingdom of God is at hand. Amen. When God gives you a dream, don't just cast it aside. It may not seem like it's much. But God has something for your life. Something wonderful is going to happen today. Something wonderful is happening today. Somebody's getting a tremendous blessing today. Hallelujah. Caleb says, I'm 85 now. I'm 85, but I'm ready to go. Don't let your age hold you back. Be ready. The angel appeared to the Lord, to Mary, and said, you're going to have a baby. She said, I've never heard of a teenage virgin having a baby without a man. And the Lord said, you're going to do it. She said, abid it unto me what? According to your word. But this angel goes tell Zechariah, the high priest, he's old in age, and says, Elizabeth is going to have a baby. Now, what did Zechariah say? Huh? That can't happen. She's too old. And the angel said, you'll see it, but you won't be able to speak because you had unbelief in God. 
Now, he had proof and he had evidence. Old women could produce children. What about Sarah? Well past age. He's a high priest. He got proof that she can do it. What about the old woman that Elisha appeared to and said, you're going to have a baby this time next year? She said, have you looked at me? Have you seen who I am? He said, I don't look at who you are, but I know what God has said. You're going to have a baby. He had proof that God could do it, but he didn't believe it. Mary had no proof, no evidence that no woman, young girl, had ever had a child without a man. No proof whatsoever, but she said, let it be unto me according to your word. Could I have an amen? Let the word of God be unto us as God has said, and believe it without proof, without evidence, believe in what God has said, and stand on the word of God. Because he said, on the sixth day, I'm going to do what? What's I'm going to do on the sixth day? I'm going to pour out your double blessing. I'm going to bless you abundantly in the things of God. Bless you abundantly in the things of God. Zachariah didn't believe. We must fight for our miracles in our wilderness. Now, I want you to go back with me. He said he's going to pour it from heaven. He's going to pour it on the ground twice as much every Six day. Now, what did they have to do? Tell me what did the children of Israel had to do? Do what? Yeah, but they in the tent. They in the tent. You got to get out of your tent and go outside and gather up your miracle. On the sixth day, you're going to get twice as much. God's going to give you twice as much. The wonderful blessings of God. The silver coin that the woman lost, she had ten. The one that she lost the coin, she never found it just by looking. She had to sweep the house and light a light before she ever found the coin. She's teaching us there that the kingdom of God is only obtained by violence, much tribulation. Jacob never got the promise until he went through violence, wrestling with the angel, until he went through 20 years of persecution. Hello? At 20 years, Jacob was broke, zero. Just in your Bible, he didn't have nothing. Because Laman has changed his wages 10 times. He, he was broke. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, now I want you to go home. He'd had a promise that when he crossed the river, angels ascending and descending, he had a promise from God that God was going to bring him back home one day, peace with Esau. But he's broke. He don't have no money. He's worked all those 14 years, got his wages 10 times. He worked for Rachel for 14 years and had to work another seven years for this. But God gave him a dream. He said, in this dream, said, I want you to go get a, a stick, an almond stick, meaning priest, and I want you to go get a polar stick, meaning rod, and I want you to peel both of them and get the white of them showing, and I want you to stand them before them cows when they and them cattle when they come to drink. And Laman thought he got him now, said, I got him now. When he agreed that every calf was born was speckled and every goat was speckled with his, said, I got him now, said, it ain't never happened in the cattle herd, it ain't never happened. Listen, I'm trying to preach something this morning that may have never happened in your life, but it can happen tonight because God, it can happen this morning because God has spoken into existence. 
he went and peeled those sticks, sent them in front of those cows, and every one of them calved had a little speckled calf. Every goat had a little speckled goat. Because God was fulfilling his promises. God is going to fulfill his promise to us. I'm telling you, I don't care what it looks like, what it feels like, care what it looks, sounds like. God is going to fulfill his promise. Piggy had a spot on her that she had taken off some time ago and it hadn't healed, so we decided we might ought to go back to the doctor. And he looked at it and said, by all means, I think you ought to go get that looked at. So I went with her because I got one that don't look right. I didn't, we didn't think. We went into there, and they looked at him, measured him, said, yeah, said, I believe we better do something. Said, I'm going to go down there with you, and I'm going to help you to make an appointment. And she told the person, said, make it as quick as you can so we can get a biopsy of this. But I happened to look over in the corner there where this person was sitting, and I want to share you something with you. What was in, it wasn't right in front of her, but it was sort of, she was sitting like this, but it was sort of over here like this. And here's what was in there, a large sign. I'd say it was about an 8 by 10 sign, very colorful sign. And this is what it said in Psalm 91, 9 to 10. Because I have made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation, verse 10, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall come near thy house. Because you've made the Lord your refuge. You've made the Lord the head of your house. I believe she sat there at times of the day and she's told to look over and see that thing. I mean, you know, you need to get a vision, a picture of what God has said about you and believe it and hold on to it. Don't go by your feelings and what it looks like and these things of God. I'm going to close with this right here. And I probably need to thank Paula White, I mean Paula McCourt, because she sent Gina a book, and I read a few pages in it, and it's written by a doctor. I will show you a more excellent way. I believe she told me that Rhonda Bottom has that book. Is that right? And, and I believe Rhonda Elliott got that book. It's about that thick, probably about an 8 or 10 by 11 or something like that. And he's a doctor, but he's had a miraculous experience with God through his mother. She had cancer, which was terminal. It was wrapped around her throat and different places in her body. And they were said, nothing can be done. And she was pregnant with Henry. And she was sitting and she was very committed and dedicated to God and her faith in God. And she was sitting in church one morning, and she was just sitting there, just sitting there. Condition was paralyzed. She was wasting away. She was dying. But she was tending the church service that morning. As she sat there, something happened. Suddenly, something happened. The presence of the Lord came upon her and healed her immediately. Two months later, she gave birth to Henry. I want you to know that right here this morning, at any time when you're hearing the Word of God, if you tune into the Word of God, if you'll turn into the music, maybe you'll be in such pain in your wilderness, you really don't know what to say or do. You're just sitting there. You just did good, good to get to come up here. But all of a sudden, God 
will supply your miracle in your wilderness. Can you say amen? I'm going to receive my miracle in my wilderness. Adam brought on sin and sickness. That's why we have sickness and sin because of Adam. But that sin cannot stop the healing power of Jesus Christ to heal your body, to heal your problems. Sin can't stop what Jesus has done. It's a finished product what he's done. Your miracle is where? In your wilderness. It's in your wilderness. Thank God. Now, Elijah, when uh, Elisha threw his, Elijah threw his mantle on Elisha, and he said, uh, what do you want? He said, I want what? How much he want? He said, you're asking hard things. You're asking hard things. But nevertheless, if you see me what? Go ahead. Say that, say that, Brother Don. When I leave. When I leave. Ooh, you'll get it. Eleven years goes by. He was following Elijah. They asked him. They said, did you know he's going to be taken away today? He said, hush your mouth. Don't talk to me. I ain't got time to look for you. There need to be some Nehemiahs in the kingdom of God today. You're up on the wall with a trial in one hand and a sword in the other hand, and the enemy is saying, come down and talk to me. Let's have a conversation. He says, I can't come down. I'm doing a good work. Can you imagine following Elijah? I believe it's 11 years. Let me look that up again. I got it written down right here. It's 11 years. I believe that's right. No, it's 10 years. 10 years, he followed him. He kept his eye on him. Everywhere Elijah went, Elisha went. Everywhere he went, he went. Listen, when we get our eyes on Jesus, looking under Jesus, Hebrews said, looking under Jesus and none other for your victory in God. Looking under Jesus, you may go to a doctor, but keep looking under Jesus. You may go get some counseling, but keep looking under Jesus. God can use people. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah. God uses people to bless people with. God gives people things that you and I don't know. God gives people that you and I will never know because they're part of the body of Christ. They may not be in our assembly, but they know something about God. What did Elisha get? Got a double portion of God. He was the firstborn. God bless you.